0: Call me crazy, but I think maybe there's another explanation for why people procrastinate. We lazy. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. Welcome One Broken Cog Podcast listeners. Interesting. My guest today bills himself as your procrastination prevention partner. Okay a mouthful but sounds kind of interesting and starts off on his blog site as are you prepared for your defining moment okay that kind of got me interested so as they did a little more research found out that he's a trainer a leader he's a speaker he's an author he's a coach but at the end of it he's a life changer but it's his focus on procrastination is what you want to hear about today So here he is. Welcome, Eric Twiggs. How are you doing today? Fantastic, John. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it is absolutely our pleasure. And I really do think the audience is going to want to hear what you have to say. Your background started in the automotive industry for all intents and purposes, which is where you basically cut your teeth, if you will. You're still involved with it to a certain extent. But let's start there. Let's let's go back, tell the audience about you, who you are, how you started, and how you got eventually to... You know, defining moments in your life that that shaped who you are today.
1: Yes. Now, my background, as far as how I became your procrastination prevention partner, really started before my career in automotive. It started back when I was in college. It was my senior year in Hamp at Hampton University, and I'm having this conversation with my good friend Donnell. I talk about this in the book. Yeah. Now, John, I have to tell you, Donnell and I we were a little different. He was all about his purpose, and I was all about the party. As as I have said to many people before, why do you think we go
0: to college? It's because we couldn't party that hard at home. (laughs) I mean, come (laughs) on.
1: Right, right, right. So he was always giving me a hard time. Like, man, you need to get serious. You need to get focused on what you really want to do. Stop wasting time. And I'm like, Donnell, man, loosen up. We have plenty of time for all that serious stuff. Are you coming to the frat party with me or not?
0: That's right. Big question.
1: (laughs) Right. Big question. And so time goes by. He and I, we lose contact. And several weeks after that, I get a phone call from his mother telling me that he was killed in a car accident. How would you feel when that happened? It sent me a strong message. It sent me a message that's with me to this day. The message was that maybe I don't have the time that I think to do the things that I need to do. So so just go back one second. So you're how old when this happens to you? 22.
0: And at 22, I mean, come on, folks out there listening. At 22, let me tell you, I don't care who you are, but guys at 22 don't have their heads set on straight at all. We're not even close to it. We don't even start to get turned into human beings until about 28, right? if we're lucky. Then if you ask our wives, we never grow up, but that's a whole other story we're not going to get into. So 22, you get this life altering piece of news.
1: Yes. What happens? So then, so I thought the message was that I needed to climb the corporate ladder as fast as possible. Time is short. I needed to make money. I needed to become successful. So I started my career in automotive and worked my way up. And I became this district manager where I had 17 locations. I had 500 employees working for me. And to top it all off, we were having a lot of success. I mean, my district was like the number one district in the entire country. We're making all this money. I'm getting all these kudos. Literally, I would, I would walk in the meeting and people would start clapping, seriously. And I, I thought I'd ride, And I had the BMW, things are going great. And I remember this moment Clear, clear as day. You're so how I'm old gonna, at this point? At this point, I'm like early 30s. All right, so you just spent
0: eight years after the event or so really putting what you considered your life in shape.
1: Yes. Right. I, I'm climbing the corporate ladder because I want to be successful. Your know, time is of the essence. That's what I'm thinking. You know, time is of the essence. I can't waste time. Time is short. Right. And, and right. So I'm safe I'm right. success. And so I, I get to this point where you could you could argue that I have achieved success. And so I, I remember this moment. I'm sitting at the light in my BMW. I just happened to look in the rearview mirror and I could see my eyes. And they were the eyes of someone who hated what he was doing. Not a good moment. Not a good moment. Well, it ended up being a good moment because yes. it really forced me to, to really take a hard look at what I was doing. Right. Okay. Because that's what I learned from that was that, yes, I, I, I was successful, but I didn't feel like I was significant. Say that again. I, I felt like I was successful, but I wasn't
0: significant. And at that point in your life, at that moment, how were you defining significance?
1: I was just thinking that it was about making money. Right. About winning awards. I'm, I'm like the most competitive person that I know. And if I'm number one, but I didn't feel like I was giving back. For me, significance means that I'm really accomplishing something that's bigger than myself, that I'm really on purpose. So so I had another experience. So I, I figured, okay, you know what? I just need to be doing something else. I hate what I'm doing. This, I'm not, I'm not feeling significance. A lot of my friends are having success with pharmaceutical sales. Right? That, that was the kind okay. of the, the hot career at the time. And said, so you know, I could do that. And, and so I'll, I'll never forget. This is, this is funny. I was talking to this headhunter who places people in those types of positions. And he says, Eric, look, why would anybody in their right mind hire you for pharmaceutical sales? It's not in your background. You never, what do you really want to do? I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to make money. I want to, no, no, that's not what I asked you. What do you really want to do? I want to have a cushy situation. No, 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 no. What do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. And and, and that really forced me to really look at what does significance mean to me. And, and what, yeah.
0: where in your life at that point?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've got money in the bank. You're married. You're single. You got kids. What what's Except the situation? A
1: single guy. I've single got guy. money in the bank.
0: Okay, you're in your early thirties. Your whole future is ahead of you. Right. Okay interesting perspective yeah yeah so, not,
1: not a point where you start asking those questions
0: but good go ahead
1: Because <laughs> I'm I a little weird but, but I'm, I'm like okay what, what is it that I really want to do and, and I started thinking about when I, when I look back at my career I, I felt the most satisfaction and fulfillment whenever I was speaking in front of a group as I, I spent part of my time you know when I was climbing that corporate ladder I spent time as a corporate trainer uh, I okay. do these classes. Right, and, right. and I remember just feeling like after every session, I would feel like, you know, I could just do this all the time. Uh, th- this, <laughs> is, this, this is like my thing. And then it, then it hit me that I need to be a motivational speaker. That That's really where I feel alive when I'm speaking to people. So I, I should be a professional speaker. Now, John, you would think that I'm your procrastination prevention partner. So once I realized that I wanted to be a speaker, I just got started right away. That's what you would think, right?
0: Well, I don't I don't know if you were I don't know if you were the procrastination prevention partner yet. I think that's that's where you're going because these right. these things, you know, we, we get these big changes in our life and most of them aren't big. Most of them are small, but they, they do take time to percolate.
1: Right. But but so what happened for me is I got the idea that I needed to pursue this professional speaking path. But for three years I didn't do anything. And, and the reason the re- I procrastinated. The reason being because all of a sudden I started hearing the voices in my head that said, okay, what do you, what do you think you are? You think you're Les Brown? What what are you going to say? Oof, boy. Right. right. (laughs) What are you going to say that hasn't been said already? Why would someone pay you to come into their organization and talk to their, all these doubtful thoughts? How is this going to work? So for three years, I really didn't do anything. And so finally, I just decided I'm going to to join Toastmasters International. Now, I don't know what else to do. So I just joined my local Toastmasters International Club. It's a good place to start, though. Right. Good place to start. And Mm -hmm. and the interesting thing is when I got there, that's when I met someone who trained people to become motivational speakers. So so I met him, and I paid for it. And at the time, it may have been, I don't know, $700 or something. But at the time, I'm thinking, man, this is a big investment. And so I, I took his course, and literally within several weeks, I made back what he had, what I paid for his class, and then some, just by implementing like one of his ideas. It's <laughs> pretty and, impressive. And so I'm thinking, you know what? This 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 has some some promise to it. And and from that step, I, I meet people that keep telling me, Eric, you need to join the National Speakers Association. That's what you need to do. Right. then okay. I did that. And so the big takeaway is that it, it's better to get started. And w- one of the things that I, I teach people to this day based off of that experience is that you can't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress.
0: Say that again for folks. That's been said many times before, but it's it, it's a fascinating notion that we need to ingrain in our lives. So so tell them again.
1: Yeah. You can't allow perfect to become the enemy of, of progress right so i was i i can be a perfectionist even to this day and the easiest thing to do is nothing when, when you think you don't have everything figured out but it's all about taking the next step and, and i'm a perfect example of when you take the first step the next step starts to reveal itself but you, but you won't know it until like listen. if i had never joined toastmasters i still wouldn't know what to do it's only when I took the step of joining Toastmasters that I met someone that trained professional speakers and got into the Speakers Association. And the funny thing, when I got into the National Speakers Association, I met the person who ended up writing the forward for my book. Okay. And this person, he, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. He's like a world famous, He, him and Les Brown are personal friends and they speak on the same stages. And what's ironic is when I, when I first told my dad that I wanted to be a professional speaker, he said, you know what? This is the guy you need to be like, Dr. Willie Jolly. Here's his book. Read it. Check him out. You need to study him. And then when I get to the National Speakers Association, I meet Dr. Willie Jolly. Nice. Very and nice. literally at every meeting, we're sitting at the same table. So here's a guy who I had literally had his poster on my wall, so to speak. And now I'm sitting at these meetings with him. And he's the most approachable guy. And I asked him to write, my, to write the four for my book. And he, he was immediately like, absolutely. And the rest is history. But all, the steps reveal themselves is, is the big takeaway.
0: Yeah, there's, a, there's kind of a similar story that says um, when they asked Babe Ruth how come he, had, he was able to have so many home runs, he said because they just kept swinging at things. Exactly. When, when you look at when you look at a, at a major league baseball, the top hitters, they're running 315 averages, which means that that they're striking out or not hitting 68 percent of the time or so, 68 and a half percent of the time. So, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting what you're what you're saying. Just do it.
1: Just do it. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, that's why I mean, that, that's literally that's my story. And that's how I've gotten here today. So, so you
0: went to this notion of being a professional speaker, but there's a, a a more narrow focus that you have. Speaking is a way to convey a message, but what, what made you say my mission in life is to help people overcome procrastination because you can do that without necessarily speaking and you're doing it in things like writing and coaching and speaking. So what, what made you say, hey, my life is going to be dedicated to helping people overcome
1: this? Well, because that, that tends, that that's, I just believe that's my core message. And I just started noticing early when I started speaking that a lot of my presentations had some element of time management and not procrastinating. Even though I wasn't calling myself the procrastination guy, that's where, like, so I would, I had a coach that I was working with and he just got, man, you know, I'm seeing this trend here. <laughs> Everything right. you're talking about always goes back to overcoming procrastination. And I remember whenever I would do something on procrastination, it just seemed like it, people just resonated with it so much in comparison to other things I would talk about. Like I remember I, I, I'd be at a trade show and I put together this little audio packet and it would be about overcoming procrastination. And literally I couldn't keep it on the shelf. I mean, I, would t- I mean, they would just come, oh, I need this. I'm going to get this for my father. I'm going to get this for this. So it was just, con- it was a- I was always getting confirmations. And, and then I always reflect back to what happened with Donnell, my friend. Right, and-, right. and so that's really how I got confirmation. That it- and here's the other thing, too. So I work with, you know, I've worked with, I work with entrepreneurs and executive leaders. And even in the automotive space, I, I could have, if you take two people, right? You, you take somebody that gets great results. And you take somebody that gets good results. And a lot of times they have a similar level of know-how. They know a lot of the same things. Yes. But what I've found to be the difference is that that person that gets great results, they have this ability to do those things that they need to do, whether they feel like it or not. And that's the difference. You know, that the person that gets great results, they go to the conference and they immediately implement what they learn. The person that gets good results, sometimes you'll ask them, Hey, did you implement it yet? Nah, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I didn't have time. I was busy. And that that's the difference. So
0: help everybody understand, because one of the points one of the points that you're making is this and again it's been made by others before, but it's such a such a significant and important point. It's staying on track and putting one foot in front of the other. What there's so many ways you can express this. Chop wood, carry water is another one that the the way you you express it so it took you a while to realize that you weren't happy it took you a while to get into your speaking from when you started your speaking how long did it take you to kind of come to this realization that everything you were focused on was the notion of procrastination
1: so that piece was about about a year or so
0: okay
1: and I, i think the reason it was only a year or so was because i had a coach who was able to kind of look out and, and kind of help me to get clear. Because Like so what happens is I think when you first start, you, you, the temptation is to try to be everything to everybody. And, you know, and I had a lot of different things in my background. I could talk about leadership. I could talk about sales. I could talk, I mean, there's a lot of things I could talk about. So right, right. It's, it's really hard to, one of the challenges, especially in the professional speaking game is really focusing in on your core message.
0: No, I think I think that's potentially, and I want you to comment on this, what holds a lot of people back is they're not sure if what they're focusing on is the right thing. Yes. And they're scared to spend the time and the energy and, and in their mind, make a mistake. And I think what you're saying, and I want you to clarify this for the, for the listening audience, I think what you're saying is it's more important to just keep going because the path will become obvious to you. But if you don't, there is no path.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, there is a... Such a thing as, you know, I know there's a book out it's called Ready, Fire, Aim. Uh, that sounds my sounds like my life philosophy. <laughs> that, that, that's like literally my philosophy, you know. <laughs> I've gotten to a point where I I just move and then I just course correct.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, somebody once also once said that if if you take if you take a piece of paper and you take a pencil and you and you look at your progress in life, you look at your direction that when you look at it closely, uh, there is no straight line. You go to the left a little bit, you go to the right, you go to the right, you go to the left. But after a while, when you take that piece of paper and, and you stretch it out so that you're looking at it more horizontally, what you see is there is a direction. It's not a straight line, but there is a direction. Right. Always, right. Kind, always kind of a fascinating notion to me. So talk, talk to the audience a bit about two things. You, you can combine them. What is procrastination? Why is it there? And then, what I want you to touch on, if you would, is your perspective on what's going on with COVID. What is COVID doing to people in procrastination? Because this is a really fascinating time for the for the listening audience. It's now December of 2020, so we're into COVID for seven, eight months, depending upon how you've been affected. That says how long you've been involved in this thing. But a lot of people are frozen. So talk about that, if if you'd be so kind.
1: Yeah, so the first part of your question, the most fundamental definition I can come up with for procrastination is putting off for later what should be done now. That's just the most fundamental basic definition I could come up with for procrastination. But here's the thing. You can't confuse prudence with procrastination. So prudence is when you are... Why, you know, you're being wise because, because sometimes not, not everything should be done right now. For example, you know, sometimes it's not your season to operate in something. So you, you may have the vision to start a business. Let's say you, you, know, you, you feel like you should be on your own. Now, just because you, just, you haven't quit your job and started that business, that doesn't mean you're procrastinating. There is a time to be doing research and getting your facts and doing the demographics and all of that good stuff. But when you know it's time to move and you don't, that's when it becomes procrastination. So, so that's procrastination. And as far as how it is affecting people with, with this COVID, so, so the challenge is many times when we run into a crisis, or people run into a crisis, they tend to stop as opposed to really what you should do is pivot. Like, explain that understand.
0: if you would. Yeah, explain that a little bit because that's an important concept.
1: Right. So maybe you have a plan, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're in a restaurant, you're in the restaurant business, let's say. And now you're saying I can't get people in my cafeteria. So it doesn't mean that you necessarily stop. The best thing to do is to pivot. How can I, what's a different way that I can get my offerings in front of customers? Do I need to make more better use of social media? Do I need to make better use of, you know having on, online products or, or online services and ways to get things to the customer you know drop off pick up those types of things so that that's an example of a pivot i mean i mean that's why we even i started the what now movement group because a lot of people you know they, they went into 2020 with these big plans and they allowed the pandemic to, to cause them to stop and the really
0: why did it cause them to stop in from your in your estimation, because this is this I think is an absolutely fascinating concept that we've never seen the likes of before.
1: Yeah, and it's it's understandable why someone would think that you should stop. I mean, for example, I have quite a few stand-up comedians that are in my network, and you you can't even go to the improv. The right. improv's closed. You you can't you can't go to open mic night. So if you're thinking that okay, here's my plan. I'm going to go to these mic nights. I'm gonna. Now that's if you're just thinking, if you're not thinking bigger, you'll just stop. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait until we get back to normal. So, so that's what causes people to stop because some people are literally waiting to get back to normal, and I don't think we'll. It'll be the same normal. I think there'll be a a next normal, but I, I think the if you if you're waiting to get back to normal that's a mistake. The question is what can you do you know how can you pivot for example so several of the comedians they're now doing online things they, you know they're building up their YouTube following right. they're really getting better with presenting and promoting things virtually and so there's a lot of different things you, there's a lot of different ways to go about it.
0: Yeah, I I wonder how many people bought into the notion when this started that, oh, this is going to be over in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that is what was being fed to the American public. And so, yeah, I could definitely understand where somebody said. You know, yeah, well, let me catch up on some house chores. I'm going to sit this out for two, three, four weeks, and and everything's going to be fine. And here we are seven, eight months later, and we still don't have an end in sight, realistically. Right. And then they're just kind of stuck in their own morass that they've created, which is, which is very sad.
1: Yeah, and so, so I, um, I came across this, uh, there was an interview that was done with Nelson Mandela when he was alive. And it, it really speaks to how we should really be approaching this pandemic time. And he was asked, you know, man, how did you, Mr. Mandela, how did you survive that time in prison? He was in, he was in prison for 27 years. right. And he was asking, how did you survive all that time in prison? Here's what he said. He said, oh, I wasn't surviving. I was preparing. That's a fascinating perspective. Right. And so so think about it. If if you have that perspective on this pandemic, I'm not just surviving this pandemic. I'm preparing for, because at the end of the day, I'm going to come out of this better than I went in. You know how can I? The, the takeaway is how can I make the best use of this time, and, and really instead, instead of saying you know what I'm going to wait until things open up. So for I mean for just another quick example, as an an author, I mean for me, and one of the things I used to do before the pandemic was I would go to these book festivals and I would do book signings and I would get out in front of people and, and I could. I can sell books and set up other things doing them. But I can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. Exactly. I can't do it. So, I, you know, I've got to do virtual book tours and, and things that I have to do more interviews than I've ever done before uh, as far as I'm from a, on the virtual platform. So it goes back to preparing. How can you make the best use of this time so that when, when things do change, like when we get to the next normal, you're in a much better position.
0: There's, there's also, I forget who was talking about this, but was talking about how so many of us will look at a situation and talk about why we can't achieve something, all the things that are preventing us from achieving it, whereas if you, if you reshape your focus and say, if I were to achieve this, what would it take for me to achieve it? So you turn it from a, a debilitating negative into an empowering positive. And, and I love that because there are times, certainly I've, I've seen it with myself and with some, some of the other folks that I know, some of my friends, especially now during COVID, where it's so much easier just to say, no, I, you know I, this is going to stop me from doing it. No. What is it going to take if I want to do it? I also, I also want to highlight something that I saw in one of your interviews that I just it really struck me. You said, I thought I was waiting on the right opportunity. But as it turns out, the right opportunity was waiting on me. I really do like that.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, but it, it goes back <laughs> to the fact that you you have to, you, you have to be moving. Like, like you have to be, this is this what my experience, you, you, you have to be moving in faith. And that's when you come across these opportunities. That's when you come across what seems like your big break. Right? It's, it's not, you know, if you look at anybody that, that gets discovered, it's not like they're just sitting on the couch eating a yeah. bag of potato chips and Oprah Winfrey calls them. It, it, it usually doesn't work out that way. Usually they're out doing their thing, right? right? They're out, they're putting themselves in the arena where that person who can give them the next opportunity will find them. So I think you have to be, you have, you, you have to be active because I, I just do believe that that, that thing is, is waiting for you to get in the position.
0: So you obviously felt that way and you sat down one day or you woke up one day, you stood up one day and you said, I'm going to write a book. What's the book about?
1: So the discipline of now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. Uh, I wanted to create a tool that was practical. And one of the things that frustrated me and when I would read other books on this, on time management and procrastination, it was a lot of the same cookie cutter ideas. It was, oh, you you got to be the early bird. You don't check your email before this time. <laughs> you know, it just drove me crazy. So I wanted to create a tool that you could find value in no matter, you could be a person that doesn't wake up early. And you can apply the principles in the book and, and really overcome your procrastination issues. And so it's that, that's really what the book is about. It, it's 100 pages, so it's not like you're reading a big war and peace type thing. Um, that's the other thing so some of these books i would read it'd be 400 plus pages yeah, on time right. on overcoming and if i'm a procrastinator do i really am i going to get through a 400 page book probably not
0: you're going to wait for the movie to come out
1: right <laughs> <laughs> exactly right and, and so i wanted something that was practical that wasn't too hard to read that can help people to overcome their procrastination issue
0: and you mentioned this before, but I, I want you to bring this up because this is, I think, your more recent, your most recent project, the What Now Movement Group. Help everybody understand what that is.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I'm the president of the What Now Movement, and I've got two business partners that are my vice presidents, Ted Feld and Dr. Sharon H. Porter. And this this started during the pandemic because people in each of our walks of life, people kept coming up to us like... I'm a restaurant owner, and I can't get people in. I'm a speaker. I can't get in from a thousand people anymore. What now? And we're like, uh-huh. what now movement, right? We, we need people to pivot. Because like I said earlier, some people just stop. And so the whole mission of the what now movement is to inspire people to pivot and to keep moving during this time. So for example, every day we've got some type of inspirational and motivational content coming out and we've got subject matter experts almost 1500 people in the group now so monday is motivational monday somebody goes online live for 15 minutes in the group tuesday is time management tuesday we go 15 minutes in the group wednesday's wellness wednesday thursday's thankful thursday friday is fitness friday and so every day 15 minutes and then it's also there's networking resources people have gotten podcast interviews they've gotten featured in blogs because there's people in the group that network uh and, and there's a sharing of ideas and best practices but the whole point of the group is to keep people moving and motivate people to pivot
0: interesting and that's been successful so far how long has that been going on
1: we just started it in like early april when we launched the site okay And it's really, it's just been growing organically. It's been a great thing. And how can people find that? They can, as far as the What Now Movement, they can go to the Facebook page. It's it's a free group. Go type in the What Now Movement and hit the button to request to join the group.
0: And that's Facebook, though. Just so everybody knows where, where that is. Yes. Where can they find out more about you and where can they find out more about your book?
1: Yes. They can go to my website and type in thedisciplenofnow dot com. And when you go to com, you'll see the book is available in audio format. It's available on paperback and it's available as an ebook.
0: And I'm, I'm assuming it's also available on sites like Amazon.
1: Yeah, they can go to Amazon as well and get it.
0: Yeah. You know, some a lot of people I know live on Amazon, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I completely understand.
1: And how can people find you? You can go to my website. You, you go to the com. You'll uh, get all my contact information as far as how you can reach out to me. You, connect, you can connect with me right in the What Now Movement group. Uh, so those are a couple of ways. Also, I've got the 30-minute hour podcast that airs every Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern. So you you can go to the 30minutehour.net. You can check out the episodes, or you can watch it live on Facebook. Just type in the 30-minute hour. If you want to interact with me, those are some ways to do that.
0: So, Eric, what is one thing that people can do right now to help drive them forward?
1: One thing, I would say get in the habit of making appointments with yourself keep that as a habit because one of the things that just frustrates me to no end when people say, Oh, I didn't have time to do that. Yeah. I, I didn't have time. I, we had time, you know, anything, anytime something is a priority, you'll find a way to make it happen. I, I don't care what you got going on. If something is a big enough priority. You're going to find a way. So I would say, instead of saying, I'm going to write a blog post this week, say I am going to make an appointment with myself. So I'm going to write this blog post. At two on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. So from 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, I'm going to be working on this blog post. And if you make that appointment, and you put it on your calendar, the chances of you actually doing it go up by like
0: 80%. So that attitude has taken you from a partying college kid through success financially, through success in the eyes of all of your peers, to now being a true life changer. I think that's fantastic. I think there's a lot of words of wisdom in what you've just said. And Eric, absolutely, truly appreciate you being on the show. Hopefully, we're going to do this again soon. And folks, go check out his book. Go check out his site. Go check out the What Now Movement. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.